Welcome to the teacher and the preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher. Hello and welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. Thanks for joining us again this weekend. I'm the preacher, Dave Magera, And I'm the teacher, Harold Berman. Harold, we've got a wonderful opportunity to talk about something that we purposefully talk about every year, and that is a particular holiday, a special holiday that uh, just passed us on the calendar, but it's worth doing a program on, just like we do the other Jewish feasts and festivals uh, throughout the year, we always take a, a time to talk. Typically, we set a program aside for it, and, and this is no exception, and that is this recent uh, festival, Jewish holiday, called Shavuot. So this is what we love about the partnership that you and I have. So here we, we, we've got a Christian pastor, an Orthodox Jew, and, and we talk about these things but one of the things you and I both enjoy about this program is we use it not only to build bridges between Christians and Jews, but to learn from each other about our uh, faith's uh, important you know, positions and practices in what we observe and what's meaningful and what's dear to us and what's important. And this is one of those things that I think is a wonderful opportunity for many of our listeners to be able to, be able to learn what this holiday is and why why it should be considered important. Is it only important for just the Jewish people or should it carry some level of weight and should it matter to Christians? So let's let's talk about this. What what is Shavuot? So Shavuot, first of all, because of what it is that I'll I'll get into in a second, uh it's certainly of fundamental importance to the Jewish people. Uh but it's also something that I think uh because of what it is matters to Christians. So uh, it appears in the Torah, uh, Shavuot, uh, Christians uh, certainly heard of Pentecost, and that's just a Greek translation of the same thing. Uh, Shavuot means weeks, as as does Pentecost in Greek. Uh, the word for seven is Sheva. Shabbat comes from the same word, or the Sabbath, uh, and weeks, of course, is seven days in a week, so it's Shavuot. So there's two uh, things that happen that Shavuot is about one, uh, as anyone who reads the Torah can see, it's the bringing of the first fruits, uh, and it's the Feast of Weeks, and it happens 50 days after Passover, uh, so it's it's really seven weeks, and then and then the next day is is uh, Shavuot, uh, so seven times seven, 49, which is also, uh, and then you know the 50th day is Shavuot, so these are all biblical numbers that that appear in other contexts. So it's the bringing of the first fruits, but where I think the emphasis is today is it's also the date on which the Torah was given. If you really look at the text carefully and you look at when uh, Passover is, when the Jews left Egypt, and then you track them, and then you see uh, uh, when the Torah was given on Mount Sinai, 
uh, it's the same date, uh, this uh, you know, 50 days later. So that's what Shavuot is about. It's it's the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. So of course, this is a, uh, as I said, of fundamental importance to Jews because this is like our our constitution, so to speak. This is what it's all about. But certainly, uh, the Torah is incredibly important. Uh, the whole Bible to to Christians. So the fact that God uh, had, gave this re- revelation on Mount Sinai, uh, it, it, this holiday is of relevance to everybody. I believe that um, Leviticus makes a wonderful, wonderful um, explanation about this. What what uh, when it comes to the feasts and festivals, and this is one of the pieces that you know hasn't been a part of Christianity. Once, uh, once Christianity lost its Jewish roots about a hundred years into the birth of the church, um, we pretty much cut ourselves off from these things of these observances and uh, these celebrations. But the reason I ask, it, should it be important to Christians, is because if, if it's in the Bible, it should be important to us. And this one is in the Bible along with the other six that are mentioned there. But it says in there that God gave these to be a lasting ordinance. In other words, it wasn't man-made. It was God-given. Right. And God said these are to be a lasting ordinance. In other words, you keep them. Teach your children those and have them teach their children. So this piece, Harold, that you, you connect to the giving of the Torah, the giving of the Word of the Lord... And people wonder, where did the Ten Commandments come from and the various other laws? This is the event that's going on at Mount Sinai when God gives the, the Torah to Moses. And, you know, if you go back and read that, it's a powerful, powerful piece because as the thunder is rolling and the fire is burning and the smoke is coming off of that mountain— you read the Jewish history, and it says that when God began to speak the word into existence there to the people, when he began to share that, and they heard his voice, there wasn't a bird that was chirping, a dog that was barking. I mean, everybody not only could hear, but everybody could understand in whatever language background that they that was what they spoke in. And if you remember... Uh, when the Jews left Egypt, there were Egyptians that said, hey, we're going with you. And and they jumped in. And it wasn't just a, a group of Jews, mainly, uh, absolutely, it was, it was the Jewish people, but there were others who said, we're going with you. Right. And it says so, a mixed multitude went. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this moment had to be an amazing, mind-blowing moment for everybody who was there. But to hear the voice of the Lord and then to hear it so clearly, so even the person who struggled with being able to hear, they heard every word very clearly and plainly. I mean, this had to be a powerful moment. And so when you guys are celebrating this and, um, and observing this, what, what happens during the, that time of celebration? How long is it and what, what is going on? So it's, it's a one-day festival, at least in, in Israel. It's, it's an extra day outside of Israel, which is a, a long and involved discussion. But let, let's just say uh, certainly in, in the Bible and as it's celebrated in Israel, it's, it's one day. Uh, like all Jewish holidays, and like the Sabbath, it's it's uh, sundown to sundown. So it, you know it starts the evening before, uh, you know, and, and then goes to the next evening. Uh, 
it's a day of rest, as all of the, the biblical festivals are. Uh, that is where uh, most of the same um, things you don't do on Shabbat, you don't do on, on, on these holidays either, including Shavuot. So it, it's really, you know, we, we don't work. Uh, it's really time that you're with family, you're with community. Uh, there are uh, services in the synagogue, uh, um, you know, obviously a lot of prayer. Um, there's uh, there's no Jewish festival that's complete without eating. So there's, you know, plenty of food and, and, and meals. And because it's all about the giving of the Torah, uh, Torah study figures particularly prominently uh, in this holiday. So there's, there's a tradition um, that, uh, and, and many people do this, uh, they will, there's uh, all night Torah study. So it's, you know, Shavuot starts in the evening, you have dinner with your family, and then usually at the synagogue, sometimes in people's homes, uh, there, there are, it's, you know, one person after another, one rabbi after another, uh, uh, giving classes in Torah, and it, uh, many people will stay till, uh, you know, literally till dawn, uh, you know, in time to pray the morning prayer, and, and we'll, we'll study Torah all night. This is a pretty significant holiday, isn't it? I mean, are, are things totally shut down in Israel, or, or how, how important is this uh, particular holiday? So, yeah, things are, you know, the stores, uh, you know, basically are not open. The, you know, all, all except, uh, you know, essential services mm -hmm. are, are shut down. Nobody's driving. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you might find, uh, obviously, different Jews have different levels of observance. You might find some secular Jews who, you know, well, they, you know, their way of celebrating Shavuot is to, to go to the beach. So, you, you know, you, you'll see some cars on the road, but certainly uh, it's, it's uh, much less than you would see on a typical weekday. Uh, and, and, you know, most people are, even people who are more secular are often, they're, they're with their families. In a lot of these festivals and observances, there are particular foods that are connected with it. And this one has what is called a really a, kind of a, a dairy uh, meal. What, what uh, does that mean for our listeners? Yeah, so this is a very hard holiday for my mother, I should say, because she um, she she uh, doesn't do well with um, uh, milk-based products. So um, uh, you know, it's it's a little limiting for her, but for the rest of us, it's 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 very good. So it's interesting because obviously this is not something that's specifically mentioned in the Torah, and it's really just a tradition that has evolved over time. And different reasons are given for it. And I'm not sure any of them are, are that convincing. My guess is if you were actually able to go back into history, it's probably some really mundane reason of how this started. But there is this tradition of, of having uh, dairy food on uh, Shavuot. Uh, the one explanation that, again, I don't know if it's actually true, but I, I, I like it uh, symbolically is this. Um, in the Torah, um, meat or flesh, if you will, represents death. And milk is the symbol of life. And, you know, obviously when they go into Israel, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and in fact, uh, Jews under the kosher dietary laws separate milk and meat. And there, there's a symbolism there that, you know, meat symbolizes death, milk symbolizes life. So you, you, you keep those two separate. Uh, so the explanation that I really like is this idea that, you know, we're having things with milk uh, on Shavuot. You know, this is the symbol of life. And that, you know, the Torah, uh, you know, it's called in Proverbs, a, a tree of life. And it's, it's uh, for, for Jews, it's, it's, it's meant to be, 
you know, it's, it's all about uh, life. And uh, so therefore, this idea of having uh, milk-based products is, is, is somewhat symbolic of that. Uh, on a practical level, what it means is a lot of calories and some really good cheesecake. <laughs> I was going to say, what does that translate into in the Berman home? <laughs> you know, are you guys having uh, quiches or cheese blintzes or what, do you, what are you having there? Obviously, you're going to have some cheesecake then. So, yeah, so definitely uh, lasagna, um, definitely cheesecake. Um, and, and it's funny because the, the week or two before Shavuot, you go around Israel and every bakery you come across, there'll be a big sign, you know, in the window, we have cheesecake. Uh, it's because uh, it's, it's a big cheesecake time. So we do all that. And um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, quiches, all, all of the above. I love that. So if this is kind of the harvest, uh, the celebration of, of the harvesting of the wheat, the ripening, so that this is the, the first fruits uh, really that mark out this particular time of year, there's, there is a lot of celebration. There's a lot of joy about the fact that God has given us a harvest, that we have, you know, uh, food, and, and we get together and we celebrate. There, there, I don't know that celebration is totally complete without food, you know. But um, so there's lots of celebration, but in the midst of all of this is the reminder again that this was the day on which God gave his word, that the the vows, the wedding vows were spoken, and and, uh, he betrothed himself to the Jewish people, and uh, God, God entered into this covenant that was going to be something that was very permanent. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's really a rich, uh, a rich holiday when you think about the, all the significant pieces that, that make it up. Absolutely. And actually, one thing I should mention that, that relates to that, this idea of betrothal with God and the Jewish people, with this, you know, with this covenant of the Torah, uh, the Book of Ruth is also read in synagogue on Shavuot. And so why the Book of Ruth? Uh, because Ruth, uh, in, in Jewish tradition, Ruth is the prototype convert. Uh, you know, she comes from Moab, and she says to Naomi, you know, Naomi tries to send her back, and she says, no, your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God, which is really the essence of, you know, she accepted the Jewish God, and she became part of the Jewish people. And she goes, uh, just as the Jews went from Egypt, uh, you know, entered into this covenant in the desert and then traveled to Israel. So she comes from Moab, uh, makes this statement, essentially enters into this covenant in the desert and then travels on uh, to, to the land of Israel. So uh, her, her journey is really very symbolic of this journey of, uh, to, to Sinai. Yeah, this is an interesting piece. If I remember um, some time back I was reading, I believe that Shavuot also marks the day that King David died. Right. And you link him back very easily to Ruth um, and the connection there. But uh, I think one of the beautiful pieces as well is, you know, that here she is, she's harvesting the barley. She's out there, you know. Uh, yeah, there's that link to it too, of course. Gleaning absolutely. in the fields, and and uh, it it had to be uh, it, it, it pretty significant. 
and then to take and and do that reading through that time it's it's pretty amazing you know some of the festivals as well have some unique things that are connected to it for instance you know as you're getting ready for passover you're cleaning out all the leaven of the house you're doing things in the home is there any kind of setup in the in the jewish home for this particular holiday so, I mean, not so much. I mean, certainly Passover, uh, and we, we spoke about this uh, just before Passover, but it, it's it's a, that's a unique time because, uh, you know, the, the Torah actually commands you're not supposed to possess anything with leaven. You're not supposed to have it in your house. You're not supposed to own it. Uh, so there's this deep uh, spring cleaning, if you will, that, that takes place uh, before Passover. And of course, you know, there, there's uh, some really unique um, food restrictions there in terms of for, you know, for the whole seven days of Passover, you don't have uh, anything with, with, with leaven in it. Um, Shavuot, there, there isn't that. It's more like other holidays where certainly, as I said, food uh, figures very prominently. And there is this tradition of, of, of dairy. And, um, but uh, it's, it, it's, not, it's certainly not like Passover in that sense. It's much more like a, uh, really any, any other Jewish holiday where there's just, you know, food. It's really food and prayer and, you know, in this case, Torah study. Yeah. So when you get together uh, with your neighbors, because uh, for uh, the vast majority of Jews there in Israel, and even many here in the States and around the world, you know, they walk to synagogue. And so you you walk to synagogue where most of the people who are going to make up that crowd there at the synagogue are your neighbors. And you are worshiping together, praying together, studying Torah together, experiencing this holiday together before you all go back to your homes and do whatever it is that you're going to do then in, in resting and, and making the most of that day. That's got to be something else to be able to go through these holidays with some of your neighbors, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think you, you have some of that, uh, certainly, um, that same kind of feeling, you know, in a church where we have a church that's tight knit and, you know, everybody knows each other. Um, so here, yeah, it's it, because we, we do not drive on, uh, you know, the, the, the Torah actually talks about not, uh, lighting fire, um, on Shabbat and probably so the holidays too. You know, when you, when you, uh, start a car and, uh, you're, you know, you have a catalytic converter, you're, you're, you are igniting a fire, but in, in any event, uh, so we, we don't drive, we, we walk. So, so most of the people who we, we see at the synagogue, we see week after week and, and yeah, exactly. There, there are neighbors. So there, there is this very, um, tight knit feeling. The other thing I would say that this whole thing of Torah study for me has taken on a new meaning, uh, you know, in, in the 10 years since I've, I've lived in Israel, we have, you know, in addition to obviously all the Torah study on Shavuot, we have uh, after our our Shabbat service each each uh, Saturday morning, uh, we have what we call our English Torah study. Uh, and the reason we call it the English Torah study is because um, because it's Israel. There there are a lot of Torah classes given in Hebrew. So for us Americans, who um, you know, it's just obviously much easier to do it in English. So we we have our our, our English class, and sometimes I sit there. And I'm just struck by the fact that, you know, we're all sitting around the table and we're studying Torah. Uh, but the fact that we're doing it here in the land of Israel and, you know, that for 2000 years, Jews didn't do that, that they, they were scattered throughout the world. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're sitting here in this, literally the same places where our ancestors sat. It's amazing. Uh, and, and studied Torah, you know, a few thousand years ago. And we're, we've, we've now like returned home 
and and almost like picked up the conversation where it le- left off, as it were. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because within the framework of Christianity, running parallel to this for Christians is this thing called Pentecost. You mentioned it earlier. Yes. And of course, that's uh, that's the word that means fifty. And uh, where does that come from? It, it's just as Harold mentioned, it's 50 days really after Passover. And so what does that mean? That's the day that is the birthday of the church. That's the day that the church is birthed. And where's it birthed at? It's birthed there in Jerusalem. And uh, the book of Acts talks about that. What's really interesting and we've talked about this on the radio program a variety of times uh, across our, our past conversations, Harold, and that is that the early church was uh, virtually all Jews. So right. think about this. These, these Jews are together there in Jerusalem, and what are they doing? They're observing Shavuot because this is a part of who they are. This is, this is the, the regular observance that they would carry on even though they uh, chose to embrace uh, Yeshua as their uh, Messiah and Rabbi, they they are still observing the Jewish uh, feasts and festivals, and so there they are in the upper room observing uh, Shavuot, and uh, understood this festival very well, and very much in the description there in the Book of Acts, it's very interesting because if you go back and look at uh, what is actually going on there at Mount Sinai, the smoke, the fire, the cloud on the mountain the blast of the shofar that gets louder and louder. And, you know, the Midrash really speaks about the, the, the flames of fire that really came to the individuals there at Sinai. And, and the, really the way that it describes it is that uh, these sound waves that came from the voice of God that, that emerged from the Lord himself. And, and these people visualized those sound waves as kind of this fiery substance that uh, as the Lord uh, would would speak it, it would travel around the entire camp and then come back to every Jew individually. And as we talked earlier about them being able to actually hear that voice of the Lord in whatever language was their their first and foremost language, they actually heard it and understood it. Well, that's the, very much the description in a miniature level, if you will, of what uh, the book of Acts describes happened there in the upper room which was um, the giving of the very Spirit of God dwelling with us. Um, And this is one of the things that is kind of interesting because within the framework of Christianity and Judaism, you know, uh, one of the things that separates us is that Christianity believes in this thing called a trinity, which we've talked about in in a previous program as well. Uh, We've tried to really use this program to educate our listeners about the some of the major differences between the two faiths and really be able to appreciate, you know, uh, each other's faith. But this is one of those pieces that um, while it is a very significant and serious holiday uh, observance for uh, the Jews, it is a very important moment for the Christians, but... Uh, I was reminded, uh, Harold, when we talked to Rabbi Scheinberg, that some of the downside of not teaching our children, not educating uh, our family as we grow up in the faith, 
sometimes we lose that uh, and don't carry it with us into the future, and therefore we don't teach it to our kids because it wasn't really taught to us. And I think this is one of the things that Pentecost has kind of lost its the weightiness of it, the importance, the priority, and what really happened for the Christian, uh, because it hasn't been one of those pieces that we have done the best job at carrying forward and, and exposing that to our children as they grow up in a, in our Christian home. And I think that's one of the things that you guys do so well in, in endeavoring to teach your children so that they continue on that's to be a lasting observance. And I I love that. I love that. That's one of the things that the Jews do for us who are watching is that it's very important. You call a time out. It's a day off. You just, everything comes to a halt, and this is the priority. We don't want to forget what God did for us on this day. And I think that's a holy moment, don't you? Absolutely. Although I will say there, there may be a parallel here in that, you know, for for Christians, I mean, certainly, you know, Easter, you know, there's no Christian who, you know, doesn't know about Easter, doesn't observe Easter. Uh, but then, yeah, as, as you say, maybe Pentecost uh, gets a little lost. Now, Shavuot, you know, I've, I've uh, portrayed it as this very important holiday, which it is. It's one of the biblical festivals. Uh, and certainly in Israel, as I said, things stop. And for observant Jews, it's, uh, it's, a, it's very important. Uh, for maybe um, less observant Jews, maybe who are more secular, uh, you, know, you find counterparts of this in the church as well. Uh, you will find Jews who, you know, that of course they'll go to a, a Passover Seder and, uh, they, you know, they wouldn't think of not doing that uh, much in the way, you know, every Christian would, would go to an Easter service. Uh, but then may, but maybe Shavuot uh, will, will not, uh, for, for, again, a less observant Jew, will not play as big of a role, much in the same way that, that Pentecost may not for some Christians. Yeah. Yeah, you know, listen, the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree, buddy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are people, isn't that right? And uh, Ab- you know, Absolutely. But I don't know for the life of me why anyone would give up the opportunity for cheesecake. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, listen, we're, we're just, we just about run the clock out uh, for this uh, particular program, but it's been fun to be with you and talk about this, right? And you. Absolutely. And to uh, hopefully uh, leave our listeners a little bit better informed than maybe they were when they tuned in. So uh, you can always uh, contact Harold and I at the teacher and the preacher at Gmail, the teacher and the preacher at gmail.com. You know, you may like us to uh, address a topic of some sort, or you may have something that you've got a question about. Uh, take the time to write us, the teacher and the preacher at gmail.com. If uh, the teacher and preacher is making any kind of difference for you, why don't you take a moment, go to our website, teacherandthepreacher.com, teacherandthepreacher.com, where you'll not only see a fantastic picture of Harold and I, and <laughs> uh, and and be able to have access to, to any of our broadcasts, uh, but you'll also be able to stand alongside us and donate. And, and that's what keeps us on the air because we, we are listener-supported, and so we hope that you'll do that. And then Harold does a great job at keeping our Facebook page uh, full of facts of the day. So every, every day there's a new fact, and it's usually connected with an amazing story. So check out our Facebook page, The Teacher and the Preacher, and like the page. That'll, that'll help us, and it will boost us to be able to actually— uh, be exposed to more people, but 
he does a great job at keeping us up to speed with some really fascinating and uh, crazy things. Uh, you know, if you heard him talk recently about the monkey from Lebanon, um, that was an amazing story. You never know what he's going to have as a fact of the day there at uh, our Facebook page. So anyway, check it out, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. We love being with you week after week. Thank you for your listenership. And uh, Harold, always, 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 it's just a blessing that we have to do this program, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we always sign off by saying, may the God of Israel, who never slumbers or sleeps, may he watch over Israel and all of our Jewish friends. And may that same God bless America. Until next week, God bless.